God calls all of us to be ministers unto Him. And in everything we do, we can reach people far from God. The question is, how do we do that? We have many ministries here. And one of the ministries that we have is our young adults ministries called Crossover. And in our Crossover ministry, which you saw in the video, Brandon and Chad uh, have been able to reach this uh, generation called our young adults. And there's... A couple of things that they've been doing in the recent months that they're doing to reach people far from God. This morning, I've asked them to come up and share a little bit. And at the same time, they've just went through a transition in their leadership between Brandon and Chad. And so we're going to pray over that also. But could we welcome up Brandon and his wife, Tiffany, and then Chad is going to come up also. Could we welcome them up this morning? And Brandon and Tiffany have been serving in our young adults ministry. You can come right in front over here. Uh, for about three years. And so they've just went through that transition with Chad and, and raising Chad up to be the leader over our young adults ministry and serve there. But Chad, in this ministry called our young adults, what have you seen uh, or how have you been able to see the lineup or the vision uh, in reaching people far from God. And how does that vision line up with reaching people far from God? With the uh, young adults, um, every, we're finding everybody's different because they're coming from different parts of the world or um, parts of the United States and the islands. And so everybody has a unique purpose and a unique passion. Mm-hmm. And with that passion and um, with the love of Christ that we have, we want to reach people in such a way that they would know Christ through um, just what we do. And so... Um, recently we started serving out at Klimakina Park and uh, what we're doing there is we help to serve dinner for those in need um, first Monday of every month we're out there uh, we also have started um, serving out at the life care center for our seniors out there and we go and uh, play bingo with them and basically just go there to build relationships and just be a light of Christ and hope for those in need Okay. so Brandon with this change and with this transition how have you seen the vision of the young adults reaching out to people far from God. Oh, it's really amazing. Uh, God really, from the beginning, instilled into the culture of the ministry that it was all about relationships and using the things that God has already gifted each and every one of us to not so much directly reach people for God, but that in essence is what happens. But basically just go through life together. There, you know, Our young adults are always texting and on Facebook and on Twitter, and they're always connecting. So um, we do meet Sunday nights at 6.30 for our young adults ministry. That's Sunday nights at 6.30. Sunday nights at 6.30. And, but the ministry extends far beyond just Sunday nights. They, they do a lot together, whether it be go to the movies, uh, go to Starbucks, hiking, play basketball, whatever it is. They're just calling each other up. And through those relationships, there's people who don't come to church that either eventually come to church or the main thing is receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior and begin that walk with Him. I think when we look at where we are in our church, we have so many different ministries that reach out to different groups of people. And they're all important. 
And so this transition that we're going through is very valuable. So if you know a young adult or you are a young adult, join them on Sunday night. It's just another way to get connected, to learn about God, and to continuously build relationship throughout the entire week. And so, as Brandon said 18 times, they meet Sunday nights at 6.30, and you can join them in the fellowship hall. And there's dinner. Yeah, and then there's dinner. So always have food. And they always have food. Yes, that's a, that's a powerful tool in today's society. But they meet here in the fellowship hall. I'm going to ask our elders if they can come up. Uh, some of our elders are here. And we're going to be praying over uh, Chad and also with Brandon and Tiffany as they transition in this, uh, in this season of their life. And Ben, if you can hand Dr. Kyle that paddle right there. And this is for Chad just to remind him of... Uh, we all paddle, paddle in one direction. And we all follow the direction that God has for us. That's a beautiful paddle. So, Brandon is going to present that to you, Chad. And that we're going to head in the same direction. And we know as, 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 as if you've paddled canoe that you can have the best paddlers, the elite paddlers... But if you're not paddling in the same direction, you go nowhere. And so this is a reminder that we all go in the same direction. We're all paddling in the vision that God has for us. Then also, if you don't listen, you get lickings with it. So let's... <laughs> just joking, Chad. Just joking. But we're going to pray over Chad and Brandon and Tiffany. And if you can just extend a hand forward in agreement with this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Brandon and Tiffany and their years of service to you. We thank you for their hearts for people. We pray that in this season of their life, Lord, you will continue to give them the picture and perspective of the future they have in you. Lord, we pray for Chad as he receives this area of leadership, that you would build him up and give him the skills necessary to lead people well. Give him a heart for people, a heart for young adults. And at the same time, we pray that they would reach many people who are far from you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, you guys. Thank you, Chad, Brandon, and Tiffany. Thank you, Doris. Thank you, Dr. Kyle. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're going to continue in our series. Actually, we're concluding our series. So you can take out your bulletin and your notes that are in them. We're concluding our series, Is There More to Life? And we've been talking about the various parts of uh, the seasons that we go through in life and, and how God shows us that there is more to life, not just what we see. Today, I want us to just imagine the possibilities of reaching people far from God. When we were growing up, I remember going to church as a young child and loving Sunday school. We would cross the street to the church uh, we would park and then cross the street. But before we did, my mom would give me a quarter. And she told me, she said, put this in the bucket that comes by so that you can give an offering. Now, that quarter, I could play video games with it. I could buy candy with it. I could do all kinds of things with this quarter. But I thought, if I don't give this to God, I'm going to get struck by lightning. Even as a six-year-old, I thought that was possible. And so I would make sure I put my quarter in the offering bucket and I gave it to him. Oh, uh, gave it to the Lord. Well, we'll learn about Jesus. We would learn about uh, how he could walk on water. And we thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So we would try. It didn't work. And so we thought that Jesus was the coolest thing. And we learned that he loved me because the Bible told me so. 
Well, we continued to go to church for a little while, but then we eventually stopped going to church. But then I remember my uncle who received Jesus in prison, he would bring us to church when he got out of prison. Then going through my teenage years and all the junk that we go through as teenagers, I remember knowing that there was a God. I remember talking to God and praying to God. But I was so far from Him because I didn't have a relationship with God. I just knew about God. I knew He could help me. I just didn't know if He was. Because I never had a relationship with Him. I couldn't recognize His voice. I couldn't recognize His presence. I couldn't recognize any of that because I was far from God. I knew about Him, but I didn't have a relationship with Him. Many people know God. Many people know about God. Some don't believe in God. Some are very far from God. And then there are some who had a relationship with God, but have turned away from Him. My conclusion, there are many people far from God. Jesus said it in Luke 19.10. He says of, of Himself, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. See, we're called to let others know about the hope we have in Jesus, which brings us near to God. Well, the question is, how do we do that? How do we reach people far from God? Well, as they were saying in the video, there's various ways. We're all not going to reach people the same way. We're going to do it differently. But the end result is that they find Jesus Christ. Now, for the time that we spent together here this morning, hearing the Word of God, hearing His heart, I want us to imagine some things together. I want to delve into your imagination, dig deep into your imagination to see the picture that God sees for all of us. I want us to suspend the belief that people don't want to hear about Jesus. Suspend the belief that people don't want to hear about the love of God. Suspend the belief that so-and-so would never come to church. Suspend the belief that this person would never ever come to know God. Suspend that belief. Just imagine if you would, people open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think the media paints a picture that no one wants to hear about God. Jesus, on the other hand, paints a better picture saying that we're all lost without God. That we all need the Savior. In your bulletin, could you take out this invitation card? And don't open this up yet. Just take this out right now. If you don't have one, could you just lift a hand real quick? The ushers will come by and then they'll pass you one. So we need one right here. Anybody else need an invitation card? Or it's not in your bulletin? We just need one right up over here. If John or Robin or one of you guys can bring one up. Oh, you have? Okay, they have. Okay, so just take this out. And, and hear the heart behind this invitation card. On the front it says, What is the reason for the hope you have in Jesus? And it's speaking to you. So think to yourself, what hope do you have in Jesus? What has He done for you? What hope do you have? Maybe for someone like me, He gave me hope for a better future. He gave me hope for a stronger marriage, a better family, to be a better husband, a better father. That's the hope I have in Jesus. He's given me eternity. That's the hope I have in Him. He gives me security and strength and wisdom. That's the hope that I have in Jesus. On the bottom in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
It's pretty much the hope we have in Jesus. So I want you to open this up. And on the left-hand side, it says, How have you shared your hope? And on the bottom, it says in 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So how have you shared your hope? And for many of us, right now, we're thinking, Well, I've never shared my hope. I didn't think I was supposed to. I thought it was the pastor's responsibility. If it was the pastor's responsibility, all pastors would be dead today. (laughs) Dead. They do not have the energy to tell everybody about Jesus. But together, we can. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's God's people's responsibility. We're all ministers unto Him. We all work together to bring hope to people. How have you shared your hope? We're all going to share it in different ways. Some of you have relationship with people enough to say, you need to go to church. You have that relationship with them. Some you just say, you know, I I know you've been struggling and I know you've been asking me for help and, and for wisdom. And maybe we've been talking a bit, but I'm here to tell you, I know where you can find the hope. And it's in Jesus Suspend the belief that they'll say, no, thank you. Suspend that belief. Imagine if they said, boy, I was waiting for someone to tell me. Just think and imagine what people go through without Jesus Christ. We know Jesus. And we go through the same things. But they don't have the hope we have. Share that hope. On the right side, it says, For God so loved the world. And so can you take that out and just pull that out for a moment? And this card right here is what we hand out. Right under that, it says, I'm praying. And then you would put that person's name there. Knows his hope. So if you're praying for someone, let's just say, I'm praying for my friend John Vallejo. And I'm praying that John knows his hope. I put this on my desk at work. I put this on my refrigerator. I put it even in my car. So that every time I see this, I pray for my friend. And I'm specifically praying for a person. And I give them this. This invitation card. On the back side are all the service times. Even our Easter service time, which is 7, 9, and 11. So you got that, right? I'm sure you have by now. And this is what we hand out. You keep this. On the back side of this card is the information for us. So that we remember the service times. And so you take this card and they've done an excellent job. Our graphics team has have done an excellent job in printing it very well. And a perfect size because we're all used to this size. We all have phones that are this size. So they printed it specifically a certain size so it's comfortable to hold and to pass out to people. It's almost like you're giving them a free phone. For God so loved the world. And so give this to them. And pray for people. In the past, what we've done is we've printed out invitation cards and we go hand them out. And we blanket the city, which is fine. But in our year of purpose, we are purposefully, intentionally praying for a specific person. We've printed 10,000 of these. Which if you think of the city of Hilo, will probably only hit a small percentage. But because we're doing it with purpose, we've printed 10,000. 
And so you take one of these and you look at these as not as, okay, I'm just going to blanket everyone. No, you're going to do this with intention. And you're going to purposefully hand these out to the people you're praying for. So you pray for that person and you give them that card. And just imagine what God can do with that. They may not come to church, but if it, take, it takes nine invitations for them to come to church or to find Jesus Christ, then you just gave them one click forward, one click more, one click more. And God has all these plans lined up, and little by little, one day they'll say, you know, I, I don't know what else to do, but I remember somebody telling me about you, God, so I'm going to give you a shot. And they may never say thank you, but they'll find him. So take these intentionally pray for people. This is, imagine this, that a soul is attached to this. So if you see these lying around, like there's an, there's an extra one and it's on a seat nearby, pick it up. That's a soul. Don't toss it. If you accidentally toss it and, and, and you, you throw it away, just remember That it's a soul attached to this. So if we toss it, what we're saying is that one soul that could have been reached for God might be forgotten. If you see one laying around, pick it up. And be serious about it and say to God, this person matters. This person matters. And then you take it and you pray for them. Some people are asking, can I take more than one? If you intentionally pray for that person, yes. But we're taking this thing very seriously. That we're not going to just take it and and take 20 and then just hand them out. No, we are intentionally praying for people. So take these. And hold it dear to your heart. So that we can pray for people that they find Jesus Christ. In your notes, you can write that in your first point. To pray for people. See, we must realize that we're not praying to some statue or force or thing. We are praying to the Lord of hope and compassion through Jesus Christ. Imagine with me what Jesus meant and what he was saying and what the Bible shows us in Matthew 9, 36 through 38. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and he's saying this to us, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. He's equipping us to pray for people, to pray for the workers of the harvest, so that people can find Jesus Christ. We all know someone who is distressed and dispirited. Jesus calls them sheep without a shepherd. They don't have anyone to care for them. When they wander, they're left to themselves with no protection from the enemy. They have no God. Jesus is the good shepherd. Pray for people that they would find the good shepherd. Many people follow a not-so-good shepherd. They follow their own desires or the, the ways of the world. That is not a good shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. My grandmother, I remember, she prayed for me. My great-grandmother prayed for me. I'm sure my mom did, but probably not like how my great-grandmother and grandmother prayed for me. But nonetheless, she prayed for me. 
My father-in-law prayed for me. My uncles and aunties prayed for me. I know my mother-in-law prayed for me. I know Heidi prayed for me. I guess I was that far from God that God had to send out a huge search party so that I could find Jesus Christ. Your prayers make a difference because you are now in agreement with where the compassion of the Lord is moving. You see, His heart of compassion flows to people through His people. His heart of compassion, it flows through to people through His people. They're, they're going to find Jesus Christ because of your story. Invite people to meet Jesus. You can write that in your second point. Invite them. Invite others to meet Jesus. Know that God has empowered you and equipped you and will give you the words to say and the strength, the energy, and the confidence so that people meet Jesus Christ. It's not about them coming to this church. It's them finding Jesus Christ. It's them finding hope in Him. There's a story of a Samaritan woman who Jesus met while he was crossing through that town and going to another town. But that town of Samaria was not so friendly with the Jews and vice versa. They really didn't get along. Well, this woman is at the well and she's getting water. And Jesus says, can you give me a water? Can you give me some water to drink? And the woman says, well, you are a Jew and and I am a Samaritan woman and Why would you be asking me for a drink? And Jesus says, you know, if you only knew the one asking, you would have done so. And I would have given you living water. And she says, but I don't don't have a, a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors who gave us this well? How can you offer better water? But Jesus said, you know, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give will thirst no more. And she says, Well, sir, please give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She's thinking of the wrong water. So Jesus says, Go get your husband. And she says, Oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, You're right. In fact, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with right now is not even your husband. Sir, she says, you must be a prophet. Watch this gear shift. This is how clever people are. He's talking about her life. She says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim? Where are ancestors worshipped? I sense a change of subject here. Jesus, he responds and he says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
See, Jesus understands people will change the subject. They'll try to divert the conversation. He addresses what she's speaking about, but brings it right back to God. And then she says, well, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He'll explain everything to us. Jesus says, I am the Messiah. The disciples come back and they see Him talking to her and wondering, why is He talking to her? Well, she goes into her village and she says, come, let me show you the man who told me everything about my life. Could this possibly be the Messiah, the Christ, the one who said would come and set us free? Jesus tells His disciples that His responsibility and His nourishment comes from God, that His food is to do the will of the Father. He says, you know, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see Him, they begged Him, begged Him to stay with them in their village. So He stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear His message and believe. Listen, people want to hear about Jesus. They're begging to hear good news today. Don't listen to what the media says, that people don't want to hear Jesus. They're ready to hear Jesus. The harvest is ready and ripe. All God is looking for is workers for the harvest, and we have thousands of them today. We can find people. Jesus said to the woman, now we believe Oh, they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard Him ourselves. We now know that He is indeed the Savior of the world. People want to find the Savior. They just don't know how. The woman said in John 4, 29, she said, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? In other words, she invited people to meet Jesus how she knew how. Through her story. Hear my heart on this one. Hear my heart. Your story may have a greater impact than this church service. Your story, your life story, your, your testimony, what Christ has done in your life may have a greater impact than what we do here on Sunday morning. How many people I meet that they say, you know, I came to church because of this person. I came to church because of that person. I came to church because of this guy, this person. And they said, I found Christ. Because of this person. You play a huge part in someone's eternal life. Don't ever take that for granted or take it lightly. God gave that to us as a gift. He said, I want you to be a part of the harvest. I could do it myself, God says. I I can do that. But the joy that you will sense as being a part of my big plan 
the joy that you will see in the lives of people who are far from God will be that much of a reward. You see, our life in Jesus gives life to someone in search for life. It's our life in Jesus Christ. You might be thinking, but I'm not that person. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can talk to people because, you know, my lifestyle. And if I talk to them about Jesus, they might say, you go to church? I'm not going to go to church if you go to church and you're not, you don't even follow God. Whatever they may say, suspend belief that they would say that. At the same time, let's flip that around. Don't think of that as a hindrance. And I know we've talked about that before, to be the light. But at the same time, God can even use our faults to bring people closer to Him. That even though we may sin, even though we may have our flaws, that should never stop me from inviting someone to meet Jesus Christ. It should encourage me because we all fall short of the glory of God. God said that. He told us that. You know what he was saying? Yes, you fall short, but that doesn't mean you don't go tell people about me because you all fall short. And if that was the reason, nobody would talk about Jesus because we all fall short. Be encouraged by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that we can invite people to meet Jesus Christ. Remember, you're giving them an invitation, not an expectation. You're giving them an invitation, not an expectation. You're letting them know about Jesus Christ. Are you not honored when someone invites you to something? People will be honored when you invite them, invite them to something. Because this is something greater than any concert or anything else that we may put on. This is eternal life. They'll be honored to do so. Start with someone you know. Start to invite people that, that you have a relationship with them. With, and pray for them. Put their names on this. That's what Andrew did, one of the disciples. In John 1, 40 through 42, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. John was uh, John the Baptist. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of, uh, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And if you remember that change that took place, Jesus said to Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church. And Peter was instrumental in building the early churches. And why we have church today. Why we have people receiving Christ today. It's because of this man, Andrew, who invited Peter to meet Jesus Christ. You never know what God will do with a life that He changes. We're not responsible to change people's lives. So we can stop trying. It's not going to work. He's responsible. He changes our name from maybe being lost to found, to having no hope, to eternal life, from a broken marriage to a restored marriage. He changes our names. Expect God to move. You can write that in your last point. Expect Him to move. We're not going to take this invitation lightly. We're going to expect God to move. 
trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5 says, with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Depend on the Lord to move. Depend on the Lord to move in the heart of the person as well as to make it possible for them to find Jesus Christ. God already laid out the plan. He's just waiting for us as the harvesters and the workers for the harvest to implement it. He has the map to help lost people find their way and you have a lot to do with it. I had a wedding to do in Kohala and they gave me some instructions so I went up there and of course I got lost and... So I called them and I said, hey, I'm, I'm lost. I have no idea where I am. And they said, well, give us some, you know, some landmarks where you are. I said, okay, I'm surrounded by cows. <laughs> Moo, cows. I'm surrounded by cows. And this, this guy said, I know exactly where you are because I was lost too. All you have to do is turn around, head down that road. When you head down that hill, turn left. And as you're going up on the left-hand side, you'll see a, 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 a driveway with a gate. And he said this, I will meet you at the gate. And so when I got there, sure enough, he was waving, met me at the gate. He opened the gate and I said, thank you very much. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He's looking to use people who were once lost to show other people the way to the party. You provide the invitation, the way to the party. He will meet them at the gate and welcome them in. Expect God to move in creative ways with pinpoint accuracy. Jesus painted the picture in how God moves and what we can expect of Him. Then He says in Luke 17, excuse me, 15, 7, He says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. He gives us our commission. And He tells us in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go pray for people. Go invite people to meet Jesus. Go and expect God to move. Imagine the possibilities when we move with compassion in our mission to reach people far from God. They may never say thank you, but it's okay. Because it's the good shepherd that will be holding them close to his heart. One who was once lost, but is now found. And imagine the look on Jesus' face as he's embracing this person as he welcomes them in. And he looks at you eye to eye. With a smile on his face as he welcomes these people home. And he looks at every single one of you. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because of you, the one whom I had compassion for, who I died for, was lost and is now found. All of you, enter into the joy of your master. Amen. And close your Bibles, put away your notes, but hang on to this invitation. We're going to pray together as we conclude. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the clear picture and your perspective in how we can reach people far from you. 
many of us were once there, but now we are found because of you. And now we have this relationship with you. Lord, we pray for those that you have put on our hearts already, that we would write their names down, that we would specifically pray for people, that we would invite them to meet you, and that we would expect you to move in wonderful ways, in creative ways with pinpoint accuracy. Help us to share the hope that we have in you. And not listen to the media when they say people don't want to hear it. People do. Send your workers into the field. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.